Today's guest is the wonderful Abby Travis, a good friend of both Chris and mine. She has played with so many people, it's almost impossible to count them, from Lindsay Buckingham to Vanessa Paradis to Beck to the Go-Go's to the Bangles. She even did a short stint playing a little bit with Spinal Tap. And she will be out this summer with the Go-Go's playing bass on all of your favorite tunes you need to go out, see the band, see Abby, have a good time. But please welcome Abby Travis as we have a wonderful conversation about friendship, bass playing, and the history of modern music. We are today at our friend Abby Travis's fine abode, where uh, it is very, very nice. And we are with the wonderful Abby Travis, who has uh, played bass with, well, Many, many people, but let's uh, let's list a few. Beck, Elastica, the Go-Go's. Uh, my favorite, uh, Tony Clifton. She was a musical director of the <laughs> Tony Clifton show. And I think she even, did, didn't you also briefly play, uh, do a bit of drumming with Spinal Tap? Um, I only drummed with Spinal Tap during the audition process, and I think that was enough of my drumming for them. But wow. I did get to perform with them. You did indeed. And I believe I borrowed your you bass, Chris Kirkwood, for that, because it was in Arizona you at the Sun okay. Devil He's Stadium. Okay. He's okay. Okay, it's because okay. Floyd's going to be distracting this, me. And we're here with Floyd, sweet, sweet little Floyd, <laughs> one of Abby's dogs. And hello, everyone. This is Chris Kirkwood, and I'd like to welcome you to another edition of the Chris Kirkwood Podcast. <laughs> so we're here with one of my dear old pals, one of my dearest oldest pals, Abby Travis, and thanks for having us over, Abby. Thanks for coming over, and Absolutely. thanks for asking me to be a part of your podcast. Yeah, you're very welcome, and more than more than. Floyd's well, trying to make out with Chris you know, right now. Lord and I are getting down, and uh, <laughs> yep, yeah, so that we can start with that. We, we should make this a, a video podcast. It's <laughs> you can get like a different um, oh, he's a audience. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sweetheart. Lloyd, what do you have to say? Maybe do you think that that's going to be distracting for the listeners if throughout the whole podcast you're going, "Ooh, you're oh, so well, cute, good little boy." <laughs> Here's the thing: I don't give a fuck if they listen to this thing. So. <laughs> I, I made that clear from the outset. All right. Uh, you know, I, 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 I so that, that I'll just lay that right out there. So yeah, remember that time that was bitching. Um, I've known you since you were pretty young. Right? Indeed. And I might have known you before you started playing bass. It seems like. I think I was in the Love Dolls when we met. I don't know if I had started playing bass yet. I, I remember. I think. I don't know, man. The the I have a vague memory. I think I maybe hung out with you at your maybe when you were still living with your folks. Oh, for sure, Chris. Yeah. Hello, you met me when I was like fifteen or sixteen years old. So. <laughs> and, like, and, <laughs> yeah. and I and I, and when when once there, I noticed there was a bass there, right? And so I don't know, had you taken it up at that point? Well, there was a bass there before I started playing it, cause but I started playing and I think, see, I can't remember if it was eighty five or eighty six okay. that I started playing. They, um, you know, asked me to play in the band before I had actually played bass. <laughs> so I, but there was, we had a bass, and so I, you know, played that, and then I got my P bass in the Recyclers, which I still have, my, my 73 Precision bass. Sweet. So I can't remember, I know it was kind of around the same time that right. we met. So what the heck, so you got into playing bass. All right, we're just going to jump right into this. Okay. Because you've done some really, really cool stuff. I mean, it's it's and you are an interesting person to me in terms of you know because how long I play bass, you know, and how much bass has been like you know a part of my thing. And to meet you back then, you know, you were, you know, 
one of the folks that were around in here in LA, you know, and LA was such a cool, different part of my thing, you know, coming from fucking Phoenix, you know. Sure. And uh, and then to see you develop into what you've become, you know, when, you know, to to take this base, you know, ride or whatever, you know, and uh, I don't know, it just tripped me out. It's like it's just fascinating to see what, where where you've gone and what you've done. Did you? So what happened? You started playing bass. Did you go to school? To music school? Yeah. I did when I was. 1920 mm-hmm. so I was in the Love Dolls for a few years and then I was in this other band called The Rails that was kind of a power pop sort of like early big star sounding trio mm-hmm. and th- sort of towards the end of that you know I was now no longer living with my parents and kind of trying to be a grown up and I wanted to become a professional musician. I had a couple of friends that did studio work and touring work, and I just had this vibe, like this intent of wanting to be able to make a, a living playing music. Right. Um, so I went to music school, and I was initially petrified that, <coughs> bless you, that I would turn into like a total fusion dork <laughs> if I, you know, did that because a lot of those people are just like doodly doop, boop, doodly, you know, like all that crap that I totally hate. But my friend um, Debbie Holland, who had, she'd been like my piano teacher when I was a kid, and like co-produced. Or no, she produced like one of the demos for the band I'd been in. She was just kind of like this nice person that was in my life. She had assured me that my tastes were so well formed at that point that I wasn't in danger of like becoming some kind of like cool. slick session right. person. So I did. I went to this music school called the Grove School of Music that went out of business immediately after I graduated. <laughs> I felt so bad. You know, the, the my bass teacher was this guy. He was a really interesting guy named Joel DeBartolo. He's no longer on this planet. Okay. But he had, like, talk about a totally fucked year. Like, in the same year, his two gigs where he was the head of the bass department at this jazz school that I went to, and he played bass in the Tonight Show band with Johnny Carson. So in the same year, though, Johnny Carson, Johnny Carson retired, and the school went out of business, and he just like total like talking about like a bummer. No, you know. no job after that. It, well, I think he bailed and just like moved to Sedona and did like new age music and. Worked Good at a college him. over there after that or something. But it was kind of interesting. Yeah. It's a pretty part of the country. Yeah. So, well, that, you know, it's cool because, like, I met you because uh, we were coming over here. The band was coming over here. And, and you know, I met you through a mu- in a musical context, you know. And you were hanging around, uh, coming to shows and stuff. I mean, I'm, sure. it must have been where I met you, you know. Um, and uh, how I was think, it? I think that we may have met... Like, my brother, Dave Markey, Davo, perhaps before he was working for you guys. Because didn't he work for the Minutemen before he yeah. worked for you? Yeah. So I think it was Davo, Dave Markey, myself, and Janet, who had played drums in the Love Dolls. Remember mm-hmm. Janet Hauser? Oh, sure. We drove out to see you guys at, like, I don't know, was there a place called the Sun Club or the Mason yeah. Jar? One of those There's places. Two, both of those places. I don't existed. remember which one it was because it was a zillion years ago. It, but it would, had, must have been the Mason Jar because... It was like a New Year's Eve gig. It must have been the Mason Jar. We all took jar. mushrooms. <laughs> like, Dave had all these mushrooms <laughs> that were, like, inside this, like, weird jar of honey. <laughs> we were totally baked out. And... That's, a, that's a good way to take mushrooms. <laughs> that's an even better way to take peyote because peyote is some fucking some weird-tasting shit. I've never taken peyote before. It isn't. Odd tasting uh, creature. Okay. You know, and one of the ways that you can take it that's actually palatable. I mean, I didn't mind it at all. I mean, I'm looking to get fucked up, you know, and whatever it takes. I'm, I'm pretty, you know, 
head headstrong about like you know getting into my buzz you know what i mean <laughs> so but still like one way you would you could you could slice it up and then freeze it and there would then there'd be like these little frozen peyote chips and you dip that in honey and just zoop and down it would go because you know? huh. it was a, a, an odd tasting kind of a thing but i bet that must have been at the mason jar because i've known you longer enough that the, i think those sun club gigs were a little bit later okay you know? the mason jar was really early on okay you know? it was a uh, I think you're right, and I think actually the Love Dolls played at the Sun Club. I get you know it's, I have a really terrible Those, memory for details. The Love like Dolls that. came out, remember that? And, yeah, we came out a few times. And, and we we drove up to South Mountain. Do you remember that? Do you remember that? I, I mean, okay, okay. Now Remind me, because I remember going no. off roading with your brother, and I was like, he's going to drive my Jeep off the side of the <laughs> <Okay. south." laughs> you know, like oh, We had a Jeep. Kurt and I had a Jeep. Okay, Kurt, you know, Kurt was the kind of guy that would, could actually. Acquire vehicles, right? <laughs> I was the kind of I was the kind of guy that could occasionally acquire, you know, like Doritos you know? <laughs> or like a like a sandwich. <laughs> like, so we had a Jeep, and that was a big. Oh, can we smoke in here? Oh my God, that was so. That was a uh, a big part of you know, like mine and Kurt's bonding experiences in a lot of ways. I mean, I mean, he's always my big brother, you know. But we weren't. I mean, I, I was like his younger brother and you know he was this thing that used to scare me you know he would like clean he would help me like when i wet the bed you know i'd like you know Kurt, you know, <laughs> for real you know he would wake up and 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 like you know tidy me up and put me back to bed <laughs> but uh and so he was always there in my life like that but then there was a point though he, we got a, a jeep came into the picture you know okay and there were some really bitching, you know, bonding experiences that went on like before the band started that involved the Jeep and, and you know, a, a, aforementioned fucking like peyote and psychedelics and whatnot, mushrooms, uh, the the dreaded LSD and, and this kind of a thing, you know. So I could imagine, you know, Kurt taking you onto the desert and, and uh, making you was that think, Four Peaks area, I isn't that, It's so Yeah, it was beautiful. fabulous. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's Although, I, I mean, there. it was kind of a little bit Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, but it was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, he was good But at tell it, me you know? what you're remembering. What are you remembering? Okay, so I'm just remembering that for sure the Love Dolls were out there. In Phoenix, is that me? I believe so. You maybe the do not disturb button. So, uh, and you know, my my memory is is for shit anymore. You know, yeah. so but, uh, I just remember going up Janet, right? Yeah. And, and like up to South Mountain, right? Uh, up up to the top of it, and what South Mountain is, is that big stretch of mountains at the south side of Phoenix. And now Phoenix stretches onto the other side of it, even you know, onto the south side a bit now, you know, because the city's grown enough. But it's it's one of the largest city parks in the country. It's like this thirteen mile by seven mile stretch, you know, of its own little chunk of mountain range. You okay. Know? And we went up to the top there, and and there were, you know. Do we go hiking? Maybe I, I don't know if you were there. I don't know. It seems like I would have remembered if you were there because you've always been. I've always felt you know known you more in a way, right? You know, and been a little closer in a way. Sure. And. uh like I'm not sure if you were there that on 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 that that time, you know. Huh. So, but I definitely remember you, real clearly. Like one night we, you know, like Al's bar. Remember that night at Al's yes, bar? Yes, of course. I totally you know? remember that. Okay, and then absolutely. You know, and then you know, so they kind of kind of. I was playing baseball at that point for sure. You were playing baseball. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, so you were able to go to shows. At a pretty young age. Right. right. So your parents... Now, I know your mom... Huh? 
<laughs> so your parents, what the fuck were they doing? Like, <laughs> no, we had, to, we had to like, we had to like sneak out and stuff. Like, like one I time, I was a big sneaker oh, out. Dude, one time I went to fucking. I was fifteen. I, I went to. Uh, I went to. Uh, I wanted to see the tubes. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were talking about that on the Neil Hamburger episode. That Did I, I talk to. about that? Yeah. Oh, it's good. <laughs> well, the tubes are actually from Phoenix, right? They were from Phoenix. Yeah. Because yeah. everybody thinks of them as a San Francisco. Well, they thing. moved there, and they, I know, and, but, you know. You know, but they're definitely you know started out in Phoenix, and there's still some of the you know family members the, and whatnot. The early there. tube shows were some of the greatest. I um, have never seen the tubes. I must confess. Man, that night I'll tell you what; those guys fried my fucking noodle. You know, uh-huh. I, 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 ran, I was I was dosed, right? and then I ran into a friend of Kurt's from high school, and they did some blow. Right? You know? <laughs> You're like, and I was like, oh, whoa, that sounds crazy. You know? <laughs> and then I lost the keys to my mom's car that I had purloined after she had fallen asleep. You know. So it turned into like this kind of whole nutty thing that took a day or two to unravel. But I, I wasn't like really that allowed to, you know, I, you know, she wasn't supportive of, uh, and, and there wasn't any place that I really wanted to go in a way. But I mean, I, mean, I went to shows, you know, in my teens, but they were kind of more, I don't know, a little more staid. I remember one of the things that we did, we, we told mom, we're going camping. And we uh. came over to Los Angeles and saw Beef art slash shows. Wow! At the fucking whiskey. Amazing! Wow, it was so badass. That's like, so fucking cool. And we totally lied. I mean, we just well, like, but that's you know, great. You, I'm glad you lied and you got to do that. That's oh, so, so good. Cool. And so we're standing outside the place, and and we knew David Wiley right by then. Right, the band was had started. This is like 1980, right? And uh, we knew David because Derek, you know, Boston, Mark sure. Dummer, right? You know, do you still talk to Derek? I don't. Okay. I don't. Yeah. And. Uh, uh, so, but we're hanging out with David, and I look down to the ground, waiting to get in, you know, outside. And what's there at my feet? But a vial, right? And I pick it up, and it's a vial of blow, right? And I'm like, hey, cocaine, woo! You know? And uh, so we start doing cocaine, we're hanging out with David. And then he sees one of his friends, and it was Tomato Duplenny, uh-huh. right? From the Screamers. Sure. So, and then who do we meet but fucking... Mark and Bob Mothersbaugh. Oh, that's awesome. You know? What a confluence of greatness. Oh, I know. And I'm, I'm like this fucking serious, like, like really withdrawn, you know, like kind of a, you know, a, a bedroom kid, you know? <laughs> and it's like, neat, neat, neat. You know, it's just a fun night. And I fucking love Captain Beefheart. And the show was wonderful. I remember at a point, somebody kept yelling at him, beef, beef, right? And he goes, fuck off. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm deadly serious, wow. right? And it was so so cool. he, really like, sp- he really speaks like that. That's his true he voice. Did. Oh, he busted this thing. I was like, Ooh. The shows were wonderful. I think there were some of the last live shows he did, you know. And then that night we went out and hung out with Tomato and David. Uh-huh. And, and like in L.A., in Hollywood, right? And we went to this, like, the Hollywood Cemetery or something and crept around in there. And then all the, finally wound up back at, like, Tomato's pad. And they're like, you want to do this or that? And we're like, I don't know, you know. And they went inside. And I think there was maybe some lovemaking going on. That sure. was, like, a little beyond me. I was barely <laughs> of lovemaking, like, you know. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you know so. But, the, you know, that's what it took to get to, the, to, to, like, shows for me at that point. But, I mean, your folks, your mom was uh, uh, like active in democratic politics, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I think at the point when you first met me, she was doing more state politics and then mm-hmm. she went and worked, uh, she was the secretary of the DNC for, oh, like, I don't know, like 11, I don't even know how many years, quite a few years, um, I think until I think last year. But, uh, but the thing with my folks was they were pleased that I had a band because they saw that I worked hard and I practiced and that I had something that they thought was 
fairly positive to do because they were a little concerned about me. (laughs) I was a bit of a troublemaker. So they were happy that I had an outlet, you know, and an activity that they saw that I made an effort at too. I wasn't just like fucking Uh, off the whole thing. You know, desperate teenage love dolls. (laughs) A positive influence. It's maybe the sort of thing that can kind of spook a parent maybe. Just just the the sense of it all. But I mean, they they loved Jordan though. I remember my father was a huge Jordan Schwartz fan. I don't know if because it's the Jewish thing or what, but he was always like, you know, it's cool if Jordan's going to be there, you know. Like, wow. <laughs> so, and, you know, and my brother was hanging out a lot, too. So they felt, you know, I don't know. I mean, at that point, they were barely together anyway. So, Your by, folks? Yeah, by the time I was in my teens, they, not, like, not, I, not, both of them weren't necessarily home at the same time that often right. at that right. point, you know. So. so there's a little bit of leeway there. Yeah. One of the things... I did also sneak out a lot, but, okay. but I mean, that was a little bit earlier, actually, before I got into playing music and going to see bands. Like, I... Th- I was I would go to these like teen discos that they had in Hollywood. Like there was this one called the Odyssey, mm-hmm. and then there was one in Santa Monica called Three Two One, and they were like these discos that would play like you know like Planet Rock and um, uh, like early Madonna and what else? What you know, just like Egyptian Lover and all this kind of stuff. And I would go, and it was a lot of like young gay kids, and I, and I would go hang out at those places and I would sneak out of my house like way up when we lived in the Palisades right. hitchhike because there's like no fucking way Jesus. To... I was totally like it's so amazing oh. that I never got Charlie killed. Charlie Bate <laughs> yeah, so like I so I think they were kind of ha- you know after that whole era once I was 16 and actually got a vehicle that was better too because then at least I had control over my own transport and I wasn't putting myself into so many dangerous situations just to go I mean with where we lived was like we lived up this five mile can no I'm exaggerating it was a three mile canyon way in this area called the Palisades Highlands and at that point the Palisades was like very right wing it was almost like Orange County or something mm-hmm. and I just was like get me the fuck out of here and but it I, was nice though as I ever it was I went pretty there, right? yeah 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 you went to the, I mean sure the house was lovely but when you're a kid those things don't matter as much as like, is this cool or what I want to be, you know, a part of something that I feel comfortable in. And so when I first kind of discovered even that like teen disco scene, I was like, wait, there's other freaks out there. I'm not totally isolated or whatever. And then further, when I got into music, like I remember, I think one of the first shows I ever saw was X and I said to my brother, like, they were even better live than they are on the record. Like, I had no idea that that was the way it worked sometimes, you know. Yeah. Or at least it, that, that was kind of a, an epiphany for me that the live experience was different than the recording, you know. Now, was your brother Dave, Dave Travis, was Dave, was he the president of his senior class? He was. He ran on a um, Zippy the Pinhead slash Manson uh, <laughs> message. See, see. <laughs> You know, I remember finding that out. I think I've known that for a while, and I, I thought I knew it, right? Right, you know, right. Bra- that's true. Brain. That's true. So that actually was true. And it was one of those things where I was, it made me realize, you know, fucking, you know, L.A. is a different town. You know, L.A. in the general area, you know, whatever. Southern California is definitely different than Phoenix, and, and I'm a little bit older than you, you know. But I was really touched in a way to find out that, like, Dave was the president of the class, because Dave's a really... Interesting guy. Yes, he's you know? he's a he's an individual. There's no you know? one like my brother. And and that and that he would be supported and and it's beautiful to find out that he ran on a zippy zippy the p yeah slash Charlie the M. <laughs> 
I, it didn't bode well for me, though, because then when, once I got to Palisades High School, they were like, it's the little sister of that other troublemaker, and I was oh, right. always far more aggro. Like, Dave is not as in-your-face mm-hmm. fuck-off as I can be, and I particularly was in my youth. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 I lasted a year at that school before I got what was called an opportunity transfer, and I'm doing air quotes for our listeners, right. which means like they gave me the opportunity to transfer because I was basically being kicked out of school. That rules. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> and there's... then I went to uni, which was, but not at the same time, but that's where like Rossler went and, and Darby Crash and all, like the, and Pat Smear, but obviously I'm younger than those people so I didn't go and that's the where time. they went wow okay. yeah so that, there's well, like some kind of like there's a similar a similarity of experience there in that you know my brother Kurt is older than me right two years uh, school wise older so I wound up at the school that we went to the high school we, we'd gone to a public grade school right down the street from our house you know and it's, it's just and like in the neighborhood like we were like a couple of miles from where like Alice Cooper grew up mm-hmm. you know and uh and I would have gone to this other high school had mom not wanted us to go to this uh, Jesuit college prep brophy, right? So I get there and I had some of the same thing. Oh, Kirkwood, you're Kirkwood, you know, you're the, the little the, Kirkwood. <laughs> and I was like, hey man, I haven't even reached puberty, all right? <laughs> Just fucking take it easy on me because I was a little, I, you know, I, was a, I like did well as a child and... Right, well, younger. you guys are both smart. You a, and your brother are well-read, you know, well-spoken folks. And and so. but I was real, I was young, you know, and it's just uh, and Kurt's a little more outgoing, and he always has been in a way, you know, and especially back then, you know. So I kind of got a, a little bit of that, and then I didn't like the place and got invited to leave as well. <laughs> invited to my... leave? You've been invited to leave. That was that's a good name for a record or yeah, something. After my freshman year, but I wound up. Finishing out, anyways. Though they said, though it's some Jesuit thing. This is some like you know Jesuity thing where they they said Chris can come back, but he has to uh, be on academic probation. You know, and it had to do with like my, you know, the testing that they make you do to get into the place in the first place. So somehow they got into my head, and it kind of it, it worked. You know, I was too young to figure out that they were playing me, and I, I took the challenge. And wound mm-hmm. up graduating from the place. Anyways, anyway, so that, that's. Do you feel that that was a good thing though that you oh, got yeah. that education? Yeah, I do. I do. I, I you know, ultimately, I, I liked it. Ultimately, I like. Uh, I thought a lot of the stuff you know that I got out of the place was kind of fun. I mean, I never did nearly as well as I could have, but I have you know, some dear old friends. One of my you know you know John Gannum. John. Sure, John's a great a good friend of mine. John and I too. met at, in freshman year. We had all of the same classes. Mm-hmm. All seven. Our whole schedule that day, you know, was all of the same together. You know, and he's still one of my dearest, bestest friends. And, and, you know, I got that out of it. And then my other friend, you know Chris Hart? You know Chris. I don't know if I actually know Chris. I mean, or if I just know of him. I don't know, honestly. But, uh, he's the guy, you know, he he went to Sunny Slope, the school that I would have gone to, mm-hmm. right? The public school, uh, for three years. And then, like, senior year, I was like, you should ask your folks, tell them you want to go to Brophy. And he came to Brophy for senior year. But it was through Chris that we met Derek. You know, because he was like the, you know, I mean, he became sexually active way before me, you know what I mean? And, uh, and was involved. You're probably you know? lucky you didn't become sexually active at the Jesuit school, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, then he Just to make in, a little Then he would have gone indoors with David Wiley and, uh, <laughs> and, and, and me to Aiden and David, you know, let's, let's make it some monkeys. <laughs> Fucking A. 
So, okay, so you start playing bass. Right, now, a good way, way to bring it around, See, Chris. Oh, bring it around. You're a pro, <laughs> man. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, this has just been a, a, a trip to me because you've always, you know, your pal, you know, and, and the bass is this certain thing, and then you became this bass player, you know? And you became a really good fucking bass player. Thank you. Know? you. Oh, fucking just wonderful bass player. And beyond that, a really, really good musician, you know? Just like, after this level of like, you know, what the fuck, you know, to the degree that, you know, I, I felt threatened at points, you know? <laughs> oh, that's ridiculous. <laughs> you know, because... Because I've always gotten a lot of grief off my brother. Oh, because your brother threatens you. He just, he just gives me a lot of fucking grief. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's, that's fucked up. <laughs> you could be replaced. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah. You know what? Yeah. I disagree with that. Because having, I have to say that I think that the Me Puppets only sounds like the Me Puppets when it's you and him. And, I, and even, and I've said this to Kurt, that... I don't think he played as much as complaining as much complaining as he may do, and the, you know your brotherly squabbles, y you know yada yada. I think he plays guitar better when you're playing bass as well. I think you guys bring out the best in each other, and that that kind of DNA sharing ESP only happens like if you fucking like are brothers and have known each other for for, for you know <laughs> the years, or you know what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, but I mean seriously, so I don't think you could be replaced. Well, see, I, I Chris does not have. The ability that you and I have had, because I, I don't know if you agree with me, but when Kurt was playing with other bass players, it was not the same. No, it wasn't. And it was, and he still. But Chris wasn't capable of doing it at that point either. I so totally understand. Yeah. So that's yeah. why. And, 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 and <laughs> no, I mean good. I'm not trying to call you out, buddy. But it's just phone in my prison. It's like it's like whoopsie, little problem with that. That and you know what? That was not my fault. I, I blame. That was I blame not your society. Fault. Right. To, uh, to How's that working out for you? I know. <laughs> <laughs> so you developed into a a, 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 a a bass player, you know, a real bass player, and you're, you know, as a woman. I mean, what's what is your pers how about this? What's your perspective? I know some of my favorite bass players are women. I mean, you're one of them. Thank you. Um, my girlfriend Ruth is a bass player, uh -huh. Ruth Wilson, you know, and I fucking love her playing. Uh -huh. You know, uh, and when I was a lot younger, I mean, Carol Kay, I became aware of real sure. early on. As soon as I started getting into bass, you know, I realized that like that that at that. that Good vibrations that yeah, doom, 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 you know. Yeah, and I know that like since then I've Tina found Wayne out Mouth that too. I was gonna just get to a. that you know that <laughs> Brian you know Wilson wrote that baseline but she played it you know yeah. she did it really well and then Tina just blew my shit right out of the dude because she's so like she has such a unique <sighs> voice that's only her own <sighs> and just that like her, her playing is so incredible and so creative and I think she's a just one of the most underrated bass players in, in the universe. She's an is she underrated. Well, I don't think she gets you know in that dorky like muso, oh, in you know, land? like in John Patitucci land or yeah. whatever, you know, like which you know maybe isn't the land she wants to be in anyways because she's actually in bands, right? <laughs> <laughs> and people actually listen to her, <laughs> so, except she, for the seven guys <laughs> that, that are like on the YouTube like on videos. my side of the stage, <laughs> right? It's the, it's the handful of people that are looking at me as opposed to my brother when we play the gigs you know it's the, the bass player realm of things but so i mean what is your feelings about that i mean did you what did you speak to playing music professionally as a woman i mean um i you know 
It's interesting because, like, when people would ask me this question when I was younger, I would actually get pissed because I thought it was kind of like ghettoizing and, like, I'm a musician and I don't, you know, you don't say what's it like to be a black musician and, I, you know, that used to make me angry. And now that I've gotten older, I'm actually like, fuck it, I am a woman. It is part of who I am. Mm-hmm. And so, and I think I'm kind of not making a point yet. I'm just having a reaction. Um... I think initially, you know, I didn't come into it with... I mean, when I first started playing, I for sure looked up to people like Kira, Rossler, and, and there's another one of the Diane from the Alley Cats, and like people Absolutely. that I could go see that were women that were awesome bass players, you know? Yeah. So that, that, that for sure um, was in there, because I was like, well, if they can do it, you know, it can be done. Um, but I think as I got older, it, it wasn't so much like... I was just into trying to be, you know, play music that I thought was good and right. play it as well as I could. And so I didn't really have like a feminist agenda. And I, I've also never really been a part of that kind of like, you know, late, you know, riot girls. Like that whole scene has never really been my, my trip as much, right. you know. Right. Um, maybe to a fault. I don't know. You know? I don't think so. I don't, I mean, well, just, I mean, I don't think so. I don't think I so. Mean, because... I mean, it's weird though, because I mean, it is different. I've played in like four, one, to four different all-girl bands and then a bunch of bands where I'm like the only girl. Mm-hmm. And it is really different, though. You know, the vibe is, is definitely different. Yeah, well, one of the is th- it different? Well, one of the things I remember, speaking to Kira, Kira Rossler, right, who's another sick fucking bass player, man. I mean, I love Black Flag with Dukowski, right? I mm-hmm. love, you know, when Dezo was singing Robo on Drums. That band fucking stomped shit. Oh, sorry. Like, Let me turn this on. Oh, that sounds bitching. That's, that's the bonus time. <laughs> you know, I, but I do remember it was a bunch of dudes, right? You mm-hmm. know, like when we toured with those guys, and uh, and like I remember those guys would kind of pick on Kira, you know, uh-huh, uh-huh. you know. And I really, I you know, I really like Kira, you know. And I, yeah, and she's her play, great. Her playing, you could hear from blocks away. You know, it was just like ah, the, you know, it just come through from blocks and yet the dudes in the, some of the and it wasn't necessarily the band guys and I don't want to shit on any of my pals you know? sure 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 but you kind of got picked on in a little bit of a way you mm-hmm. know so that was a little bit strangish and when I ask you about it in terms of you know you know I'm, I'm not like saying you know you're a female musician I'm just asking you just from the perspective of that I know you know that and that you know uh, and I don't think it fucking matters in the slightest you know Ultimately, it's down to like what kind of music gets made, you know. And you have made some fucking sick music. You've done some really, really badass shit, Thank you know. You. you know, and it, it just blows me away because I love that part of our of our younger selves, uh-huh. you know. Sure. When it was so sparkly and strange, and like, <laughs> you know? totally, totally, totally. You know, and then for it to go on to rock the fucking world, you know. So, so who? Let's see. Who did you? Who do you? Who did you really? Who? Who did you really hate playing with? Who do I hate it playing with? Let's talk some dirt. I'm not, I'm like not, not much of a trash talker. Oh, come on. I feel like part of the reason I st- I've kind of continued to get hired is I keep my mouth shut. <laughs> yeah. you know? like, I know. But I mean, I mean, you know, I definitely, there's a few people that I've had, you know, I mean, I'll just say that the Gibby tour wasn't the easiest tour I've ever done in my life, and I don't know if that would surprise anybody. Uh, here, look at this. I did this on purpose for you. <laughs> he just, so that was, a, that was a bit rough, you know. Um, I've had some other, I don't know, I mean... <laughs> I did this on purpose. Well, I, you know, actually, I saw, I saw him, um, like, last year, I was playing a show, and he was there, it was, like, some comedy, uh, what's that, Jack, oh, the, thing. the 
festival surprise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like DJing, and I saw him, and I was like, "Hey, all right, let's hug it out. Let's hug it out." So we hugged it out. So it was cool. No, but let's well, do I did a song for a movie that Bill made. Yes, she did. And I every once in a while get emails on the internet where people are like, "Can I get a copy of that song?" And I'm like, "I got it on a dat somewhere. I don't know where." But you know, the, you know the, like the sad, maybe once a year, maybe the same person who just writes that, once a year. That's I have no a idea. Hollywood story because so I, I do this movie that and we got into Sundance, it was great, but we had this soundtrack, and there was this song that we wanted to use. And you actually didn't really like the song, but you you. Recorded it anyway. It was an old soul song called uh, "Give Me Just a Little More Time." Is yes, that? that's correct. And uh, and she just turned it inside out. Yeah. It's, no, it's I, I, did, I just changed time. the harmony a little bit. I don't think but I turned it, was, it inside out. I no, was no, but I mean, it's, it, was, it, it was great. What I mean, what I what I mean, what I mean by that is, it was great. Thank you. And it it was it was a key part of the movie, and we had a soundtrack deal set up, and they were going to release her song as a single. I didn't it was know that. On, it was on Joan Jett's label, hmm. and then it imploded because one of the producers, it, it was like total Hollywood, like we have this deal, it's going to go out as a single, and then one of the producers like screwed the pooch, and then by the time we got another soundtrack deal, it was too late, right. and all this other stuff, so it never actually came out, huh. And uh, but it was scheduled, they were going to release that as a single, and Joan and... Her partner Kenny Laguna uh-huh. were like that song is so great it's going to be a hit and and then it wasn't and I didn't think it affected the movie because back then soundtracks were a good part but anyway yes uh, Abby did an amazing amazing cover and, and so let's talk about at what point did you become enough you know confident enough in your playing in yourself to be able to be uh, you know a professional fucking bass player that could you know, give a band what they needed, bass-wise. You know what I mean? I mean, you played with some real, some bands that have had a lot of real, you know, hits and shit, you know. Uh-huh. And then you, you're there for them, you know. Well, I think that, you know, definitely going to that school helped me. Mm-hmm. And it helped me to also learn re- songs really quickly, mm-hmm. which is why I think I sometimes have this niche that I find a little annoying where I, I'm like, you know, I get the phone call like, our bass player, blah, 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 you know, dot, 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 whatever it is, can't make it to the show, can you learn a whole set in a day or two days? And it's like, sure, you know, which I'm like, fuck, you know, not going to like which of it. So, I mean, that, that, like, getting that kind of musical knowledge helped me to just learn quickly because when I was younger I would get so frustrated because I'd hear music in my head and by the time I could get it out of my fingers I would forget it and I would become enraged and frustrated so it helped me to be able to sort of, like, facilitate what I was thinking, I guess. Um, and, and then kind of around that time, um, I had these friends, this, um, this friend of mine named Chris Bruce, who's a guitar player, and this drummer named Carla Azar, and she still plays all the... Uh, well, they both still have great careers. And I was hanging out with them, and actually, actually Jeff Buckley at that time, like we were all hanging out, and they were encouraging to me you know, they got me some of my earliest auditions. Like, I auditioned for Lindsey Buckingham's wow. band. I didn't get it, you know, but it was like my first out. I think that was like the first kind of like thing I got. And then, like, weird things like where I played on a Frank record because DJ Bonebreak's wife, Dinky, was like, why don't you get Abby to do it? Like, you know, just. Frank, Frank? Yeah, Frank the folk singer. Yeah, yeah so just <laughs> stuff like that, you one know. One time, one time I was hanging out with Frank, and maybe this goes back to, you know, me hanging out with David and Tomato, right? <laughs> right? 
And your so, time as a Jesuit. At you know, Jesuit. <laughs> at the Jesuit school. And Frank and I were hanging out. And Frank has her own particular, you know, Jean sexual, Vincent-esque qualities. And her sexual <laughs> proclivities. Sure. You know I mean? And so... Uh, and it's, the 24, it's the twenty. It's the you know. It's 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 now. You're allowed to say she's a lesbian. And I was trying to figure out. I, I thought maybe I might be a lesbian. I wasn't quite well, sure. Well, you could be a male lesbian. <laughs> so me and her were hanging out, and then she wrote. She wrote. She took a marker and she wrote on my arm. Uh, I think she wrote goof. Something or goofy or something, and and I, and maybe it, there were, it was kind of like a surfer term. Okay, yeah. she was super into surfing. Oh, goofy food. Something. I don't know. I don't. There, I'm not a surfer. I don't know goofy, anything about that culture. Food, and I wasn't just... quite sure, like how, how it meant. You know, I wasn't quite, quite sure if it was like a positive thing or a negative thing. I took it as a positive completely and entirely. You know, just just that. You know, you know, talking to any girl for me has always been positive, <laughs> right? But you know, so. Okay, so like, uh, well, was Lindsey Buckingham a nice guy? Yeah, he was super nice. I, I mean, I didn't He's get a cool guitar player. I mean, I, I, that was like I, I just remember that was there was some I mean, at that time there was still kind of this like corporate. You know, it was before Nirvana broke, so there was still this kind of like corporate like there was people that put bands together and stuff, and there was some lady I forgot who she was that that would put together the auditions. So I think I tried out for that, and then like I you know me and I think Dave Markey were like jamming at my friend's party and you know just they had like a drum set set up and uh, we you know we ran out of songs so we just went for the like you know play that funky music white boy jam you know just because people were drunk and it was Halloween or whatever and this guy that played keyboards with Michael Penn was there and then I got an audition for him and got that Michael Penn yeah um, he's a songwriter he's um, in that the Penn you know just like Sean Penn's brother right, right, right. but he's a really great songwriter right, actually yeah. beautiful songwriter and so I played with him for a little while um, and then when Beck was looking for a bassist I, and then I had my own band kind of right after that that was like when I first started trying to do my own music and then Beck was looking for a bassist and I think it was like the A and R guy for Michael Penn was Beck's A and R guy, and so he, they I auditioned for Beck's band, and then I got that, and so that's kind of how it started. Trippy, here's here's a trippy little kind of <clears throat> a little uh, serendipitous kind of or whatever the fuck it ain't nothing. Um, we one time went over to Hawaii. The puppets went over to Hawaii. I think we went there a few times to play some shows, and one of the shows I think. And I might have the this wrong. Maybe one time it was with Michael Penn, and the next time with Beck or something. Or maybe it was both times with both of them together. No, well, maybe it was a package but, in the deal or something. I can't, you know. But we, I for sure played in Hawaii with Michael Penn and with Beck, and for sure we ran into fucking Charo. That's awesome. <laughs> we ran into Charo in a parking lot, right? And it was, and we're like, got a Charo, and she actually went, "Gucci, Gucci." Yeah, she's, she's totally into being you know? Charo. You know. <clears throat> so, and I remember, you know, hanging out with Michael. And then Beck, who uh, he's very shy. He's not, but you know, he he was. We're hanging out backstage, and we're like, "Ah, oh, dude, you should come out and jam with us." And and so, he came out and played with us, doing that feeder song. Remember the feeders, you know? Vaguely. The, the feeders were that band from Phoenix, mm -hmm. you know, who I played my first Los Angeles show with. All right, they asked me to play with them and that's another time when I lied to mom and told her I was going camping right? <laughs> and they asked me to play with them because their bass player Dan Clark who back then was like Clear Bob and whatnot, you know he went by various names he'd moved out here but 
frank discussion. They're, they're I never knew friends. those those people. I've heard about a lot of funny stories about them, though. Uh, you know, Frank see, and his wife, No. Yeah, no. Oh, No was a beautiful but person. But I love their names, Frank and No Discussion. Frank and No Discussion. They got, they <laughs> so got married. Good. They got married at a, uh, at, a, at, a, at a shopping mall in Phoenix, you know, and it was on the news, you know, and this is, you know, those are sweet days, right? So, and John, you know, John's no longer with us. John Precious, Johnny Precious, John Vivier. Uh, was a hell of a musician and, and he was in with those folks like the guys that moved out here the consumers you know those mm-hmm. guys that moved out here so anyways they, 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 they needed a bass player and they I think they saw that I had access to a pickup truck because they had some gigs out here and so I did I told mom I'm going camping and I used the pickup truck to to drive out here and play the first time any of us any of you know, me or Kurt or Derek had played out in Los Angeles uh, and we played at the Whiskey with the Dead Kennedys cool and I was 19, and the next night we played up at the fucking Mabuhai up in San Francisco, and it was my 20th birthday. Awesome. So so that happened. And anyway, so out in Hawaii, we tell uh, Beck, you know, come, come jam with us, you know? And we have this song that we'll play at the end of the set. It's really fucking easy. It's two chords, and it's called Fuck You, right? And the lyrics are Fuck You, and then, you know, extenuate from there. So, I mean, it's, you, know, you know what I mean? The, the learning it's curve like, is real short. Chain you know? So... <laughs> And so the, he came out and played with us. And at one point, I'm like, he's a small little dude, kind of. Yeah, you know, he's right? very thin. So slender. I scooped him up and I put him on my shoulders. And he's up there singing his little heart out, <laughs> going, fuck you, you know, in Hawaii. It was very, that very fun. That sounds fun. So you wind up playing with him. And and you're suddenly doing big-ass fucking shows and stuff, mm-hmm. right? Just just big-ass shit. So, so what the fuck? How'd you, how'd you get to be so hard? What the fuck? How'd you get to be so good? What happened? I don't know, man. What, what's I mean, wrong with me? There's nothing wrong what with you. Ch- what am I chopping? I mean, up? like, I mean, uh, honestly, Chris, <laughs> at the end of our lives, people are going to remember your legacy more than mine because you were in a band that mattered. I mean, I have that thing where I envy my friends that have been in bands the whole time. Like, you know, I feel sometimes like, you know, I'm. The, it's like the Cinderella thing where I'm always like the invisible person that comes in and hopefully makes the band sound as good as they can and then never really exists on a permanent level. You know what I mean? So well, like, I, you, it's I, cool I, that you have that that like a solid, you know, group of records that you you were a part of. I think that's that's really important. And you know, so I've just had a different. Life. I mean, it, it wasn't totally something I did on purpose. It was just, I think at the time, you know, I mean, fuck, I was like in my 20s. I could sing and play bass at the same time. I was hireable. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. it's just so like, and you're a beautiful woman. I mean, I mean, do you think that helps? I mean, sure. It's entertainment, dude. It does, it's it's entertainment. Be, I mean, you know, come on. <laughs> so, yeah, guys so, like pretty women. And now that I'm older and not like and a slender, still, it's no, like, I'm like a mess. I'm I've known you for a long time, but I've never actually asked you this. When you were playing with Beck on Lollapalooza, and suddenly you're in two bands. Oh, you did there this. There was a you lot written this. about that. Tell her right. what. Tell her what. Well, I've done stuff it. in the past twenty years too. Just by the way, we're, we're <laughs> gonna get, we are going to get to that. But, but say this though. But, but this basically, um, what the bass player from Elastica was got, unavailable. We'll just was leave unavailable, yeah. and all of a sudden you're playing with Beck and Elastica on this big tour that everybody's talking about. And you're walking off the stage with one band and coming back 20 minutes later with another band. Right. How did you have to learn the entire set of material? And Yeah. Wow. But I mean, I had for the first couple of shows, I had um, some cheat sheet. Like I had a pad of paper kind of by my pedal board. It would just say like connection and then like a couple of little notes, just like mnemonics, especially like what 
key, you know, what's the starting note is because you don't want to come in like really with a lot of umph and I'm like, fuck up. You know, like, sorry about that. So, but I mean, there, you know. That's my, that's my specialty. <laughs> I've, I've definitely made, I've done that too. <laughs> or the, or the last note can be a real charmer as well, but at least then you can turn it into a big rock right, right, moment right, then, and kind of play it, it, it off like it was dissident, yeah. you know. <laughs> throw the guitar. Take out, you know, pull your pants down. You know? <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah. And I had my, you know, my things that I would go to to, to like uh, keep my brother at bay and it, it never really worked the, I was, like hitting I was, him in the head with your bass I, I, would like, still be, <laughs> I would still be scolded though ultimately there would be a scolding point and I would be in trouble because he was my my big brother Aww. you know so one of the reasons I got into the fucking arts in the first place is because you know looking at the world looking at like my family my family had, there was some military history in my family. Uh-huh. Was you know, your dad in the military? Yeah. Don Kirkwood. Donald Dean Kirkwood. He had a jawbone that could have been in like a Tom Dooley song or something. I mean, God, he was like. Hi, Don Kirkwood. <laughs> I know, he was amazing looking. You met Don. I met your fucking dad. I don't remember. What, it might have been at Vera's funeral or something. It, it very, that's, you know, that was. Yeah, you know that, that was that totally. That was the last I, time I saw dad. Yeah. You know, how, how you know, it was just kind of sad. Uh, but. And Don was in the Air Force, and that's why Kurt and I, you know, were both born in Texas. Uh I was born in Amarillo, and Kurt was born in... Was your dad, um, was your dad a commercial airplane pilot? No, no. Okay. No, he he didn't, you know, follow through after that with that. But he was in the Air Force, and his father, Glenn, you know, uh, was one of the people that joined the military after... Uh, Pearl Harbor. Right. You know? And he wound up, and he was from fucking Omaha, one of the, you know, strange coincidences is that, you know, mom and pops are from Omaha, and uh, Glenn was part of the D-Day, you know, oh, uh, wow. landing. And he was In actually, Normandy. And he landed on Omaha Beach. Wow. And he wound up getting blown up real bad. Whoa. You know? And he didn't die, but he had, it's kind of, like, yeah. some real bad stuff that just, That's you know. That's bad news, yeah carried through through the rest of his life sure you know and uh fucking a, i mean and looking at that looking at the you know f- feeling these different things yeah is that <laughs> there he is it's my dad he's like just mr wow. like white guy okay, america john kirkwood don kirkwood <laughs> <laughs> like, just, you have to do that voice it's like hi don kirkwood you know and the guy and you I'm, wouldn't be like it wouldn't be like my name's don don kirkwood like, <laughs> and he was a sweet dude, you know. And sorry, I, we're making fun of your dad. No, no not at all. <laughs> Fuck the dude. He left when I was like two. I think I, he left because of me. I think. You know? No, he didn't. I was a fucking weird looking little kid. No, I had this big on. lump on my head. You know. That, well, that's it. You it's fucking did scar, it, dude. That's you know? like Jesus Christ. That you better warn from that. I'd like to apologize to my mom for that. <laughs> you know, but uh, those guys are both you know experienced some kind of shit, and you know, and I remember Vietnam real clearly. Mm-hmm. You know, and. uh there was just, you know, the world had already, you know, violence had been done to the degree that I just realized, fuck it, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play, I'm gonna play music, right? You know? So I got into. So it was you know, not like, cause you know, I was born in '69, yeah. so like, I don't really, I remember like 
fucking Watergate because mm-hmm. they wouldn't play Captain Kangaroo on TV because Watergate, the hearings were like instead. And I was like, well, this sucks, man. It's like fucking Nixon. This is right. like, you know? leave, leave, leave Nixon alone and leave my cartoon. <laughs> I know. I was like, this is, you know, I just I had my own agenda at due or whatever. But so I don't really have, like, my dad, you know, went and filmed the Vietnam War a lot. You know, he yeah. did a, quite a few, I don't know how many years he went over there for. But, like, was that a real... Did that really shape your youth? Did you yeah. know, like, older brothers or friends that had gone I didn't to have that. I mean, my older brother is Kurt, you know? No, but I mean, but like, maybe your friends had had older brothers I didn't really or something? Have, it wasn't really, like, a personal connection. Uh-huh. You know, somebody that had actually gone to it. But but I came into awareness of myself, uh, you know, uh, of, like, you know, beyond that, you know, twinkly little childhood, you know, stage into this realization that, you know, we were at war. right. Like, you know, and and I remember really clearly, like they would have on the news, they'd have body counts. You know, which I think they should still do. By the way, you I know? mean, I think it's ridiculous that they don't do that anymore on the news. You know, and it was always don't skewed. You? I think it's they should completely. I think if Americans knew what was going on over there, they would have a whole different take. On exactly, it. which is yeah. why they should but, be doing the body counts every day the things, on the news, one or of the evening things, rather. Well, but one of the things they did with the body counts, though, was that it was always like you know. A handful of Americans had died, and a bunch of them had died. Right. You know? So it was it was Which propagandistic. Which is also something we should. Yeah, but now you know, you know. it was a little bit skewed. Right. But now they don't way. tell you anybody. You know, we. I, I agree with you. I mean, it, it, if if people knew what was going on over there, I think people would be really aghast. Um, or at least they'd be more educated. Yeah. You know, which couldn't hurt. Well, we're. we're <laughs> okay, now now I got to be careful because <laughs> we're not I'm, doing a political podcast here. That we're but, just going to stop what's going on in Yemen, and these guys can't—they <laughs> can't. They can't but, I mean, look at how planes, I mean, look at how close it's come to us, though. We are doing a political podcast because you played in a band that was recently, you know, involved in a global fucking, you know, you know, act of, you know, real spookiness, and and that's just terror, the point that I was getting. Yeah, you know, total terror yeah. and fucking war. You know, death and killing. And you know that, and that's like. Well, I wasn't there, so. And you weren't there, but still, you know. I mean, it's just—it's why I decided to play music, you know. And I mean, it's just—I don't know. What, what what point am I trying to make other than like, you know, goddamn, there it sure does take all kinds in a way, you know, and to feel so strongly, like how strongly I felt about like the music that I made, you know what I mean? I like giving my all on stage and like getting to this place where it was so fulfilling, humanistically or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, is it like? you know, uh, as a person, and then to have other people's, you know, fulfillment be, you know, something so exceedingly different from that, you know, because it's such a benign pursuit music, you know? Yeah. You know, well, I don't think, yeah, I think it was more, I mean, from, I, I think, although I can't put my, you know, mind in the, I wish Floyd would shut up. I, I wish you wouldn't. Keep barking, Floyd. It's uh, all right. It's uh, good. Uh, okay. Um, I, I, I don't necessarily know if the intent of the terrorists was to attack music, but rather than to attack a large group of people. I think, you know, from the way they did the, you know, the, the failed attempt at the, the football, football game, yeah. I think it was more like, where are we going to get a, as many but didn't they say, people as possible? But, but didn't they know. say? No, I think they said. Did I think they, they said, say? I think they said that sports... And and they and they went after cafes, right? Like you know, where you go out, you know, and enjoy yourself and bite to eat, right? And then so just music. because people were having fun, like fun they is the were, enemy. They said something Perhaps. like these were the they, pits they, of 
yeah, perversity they did, like, or something. The perversity you know? and prostitution and or, you know, something. You know, they're, they're, so they, like, they did make a statement that uh, was kind of like I, I didn't I didn't read. I mean, again, and fucking like I'm not trying to to rationalize a bunch of just fucking assholes. I mean, it's mm. at the end of the day, like there's just no. I don't even. I mean, we could get into a fucking boring. Long discussion about, you know, what we've done with drones and blah, 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 and Syria and Iraq and a bunch of other stuff. But who it doesn't fucking matter because if you're going out and just killing a bunch of innocent people, you're a fucking asshole and I hate you. And that's yeah where I'm coming from. So, <laughs> like, I'm sorry. No, it's, 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 <laughs> like, uh, you know. I mean, and, that's, and you don't have But to... only those people in particular. I'd just like to be clear about that. Yeah. Because I'm not down with the whole, um, you know, Trump view. No, we're not. You know, we're not. And I know. I know we're not. I just want to be. No, people. It's a tough. It, you know, it's a yeah. tough thing. Obviously, it's a tough thing to try to figure out. You know, the balance of the world. You know, to try to. How do you? You know, I mean, America was founded on fucking genocide. You know, but it was, it was also founded on immigration. Immigration that led to genocide. You know? Right. Well, for us, yeah. Oh, I mean, for the Native Americans, totally. Yeah. You know? yeah. So, to try to balance all that stuff out, it's still, it, it, you know, it's a tough place to be. You know, and that's why purposely I chose, I'm going to play fucking music. You know, I'm not going to be, I'm going to try to be evolutionary in, you know, in terms of what it is to be on the fucking planet, you know. And it's starry-eyed fucking, you know, pointless bullshit in a way, you know. But, but I mean, it I grew up. makes people happy, though. I grew up on the fucking Beatles, you know. I, sure. I, I, you know, I, I got that. I, it, it filled me up with that. And it was just like, fine, I, I, I shan't take up the sword, you know. So... So fuck those people and fuck, you know, fucking, you know, just, I wish we could all get the fuck along, you know, and yeah. can we, you know, and, uh, anyways, so isn't bass fun? <laughs> bass is fun. You know? <laughs> I like the bass. So what you got, what are you playing these days? Um, I, my husband has a band called Far Flung that's, huh? that you would like. It's totally like space rock, kind of hawk wind, total acid, um, but like he's from the UK, so it's got more of that flavor of acid like I love British LSD I yeah that's it, you know that, what I mean? that's, it's very that although he is from Northern Ireland so don't call him British oh sorry but so he's not here don't worry like, um, so, um, he's kind of a bruiser he's got some Popeye arms it's, you know, not look at me anymore. Look at me. I'm broke down. He's a sweetheart, but he does have. Um, he, he is built sort of like. I mean, I what like we had. I had this stove that was broken, and he just picked the whole this like old steel stove up by himself and put oh, it outside. Lord. I was like, whoa, a shit brick house. <laughs> so, I mean, he's very cute. So, anyways, he has this band called Far Flung that I've been playing. Um, we're gonna. I'm gonna go on tour with him, which will be, a, a, I hope, a fun experience. I mean, I'm a little nervous because I'm kind of used to doing more high dollar fancy tours, oh, and this is like a little more like. A, Welcome like, back to the band. Yeah. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's gonna be, and it's Europe, so I think it's gonna be you know those Mercedes, Ooh. you know those yeah, those yeah. whatever oh, yeah, those yeah. things are Splitters. that you, Yeah, <laughs> that's what they're. So I think we're doing that. So I, I as long as I don't. I think it'll be fine. I just hope there's not like youth hostels involved oh, because yeah. I'm sort of used no. to like. I mean, the Go Go's tour with very nice. One time, there's nice clean bathrooms everywhere. You know, two stories, two stories, <laughs> so. two stories real quickly. Two stories real quickly. The Go Go's back when they were, when they first came around, they came through 
through Phoenix, right? And they were playing at this dinky little place called the uh, uh, the, the Star System. And it, it, they still had a disco light up disco floor uh-huh, uh-huh. at the store lit up. And they played two nights. We went and saw them the first night, and they were just so charming. They're, they're adorable. They're like elves. Well, yeah, they're all, they're the te- I'm the like tallest person in the band, and I'm oh, not even five. We went, five. We went and saw them the next night. <laughs> <laughs> hey, really, really fun. And and the, the other quick story is that uh, like one of our first times over to the the UK. We were staying in a kind of a gritty part of town, maybe with some folks, you know, that had invited us to stay at their like place. Like Cross or something. And I'm asleep on the floor, right? And I don't know I'm asleep, you know, because when you fall asleep, you don't know that you're asleep and uh-huh. you're living in dreamland. So I'm laying there in dreamland, and 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 I'm experiencing this uh, uh, car engine that's refusing to turn over. It's like, rah, 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 right? And then I kind of come out of it, and what it was it was this cat retching into my hair. Oh. <laughs> so that sucks. Yeah, I hope we'll get to that point. The worst one I had like that was when I was on tour with the Love Dolls. We stayed at some like punk rock crash pad in DC and this fucking guy that was like, you know, that total like lughead dude with the mohawk, the you know, three working yes. brain cells. And he had this dog that I guess perhaps I mean it was nice, you know, obviously that they let us say there maybe I think the dog got out and the dog's name was Little one. So all night when we were trying to sleep, the guy's going, little one, little one, <laughs> like all fucking night long. It was like, ah, <laughs> just like torture. I have to uh, interject one thing. The last time, one of the last times you were up with the Go-Go's and Abby plays bass with the Go-Go's, I think yeah. pretty much. Um, you were out with some of my favorite people that I worked with many years ago, the B-52. I love them. They're and, so fucking great. And you were sending God, these pictures, and, and Tracy, I was so jealous. Wormworth is so amazing. Their bass player, Tracy, love so her. She is so great and so nice and a monster. A fucking okay. monster so bassist. So now they have a bass player. Yeah, she's been playing with them ever since Sarah. I think, Sarah, left. who's also a great who's also player. a monster. Yeah, yeah, they've have a history of monster, monster lady. Yeah, bass yeah, players. yeah. Fucking a, yeah. She's uh, yeah, a huge fan. But uh, I, I mean, Kate's and one of my their favorite voices. People. Oh my god, Kate. There's nothing like Kate and Cindy singing, oh, no. and their band sounded fantastic. That was so fun. It was so fun to get to see. I mean, like I, I don't, I, I don't usually watch other bands when I'm like because I want to focus on like what I'm about to do but it was just like it's the fucking B-52s this is awesome you know like they're they, so good they should be in the Rock Hall of Fame they sh- certainly should instead of fucking Chicago or whatever douchebag like what was it like Bob Seger are you shitting Did me Bob Seger? no I, maybe I misread that no Bob Seger is in that's fucked yeah. up dude it's yeah, like Bob Seger and like although <laughs> He was great in '69. <laughs> Chicago's good. I, like I would rather probably is in the rock and roll. No, I think they just got nominated. I saw Isn't people it? bickering about it on Facebook. Wow, because oh, people not? love to bicker. Chicago, people love to bicker. I think Chicago should be in bigger. there. I mean, you know, rock and roll hall of fame. I don't know. It's it's kind of a dinosaur concept, anyways. That's true. But the B fifty twos, there's nothing like them. Uh, there's nothing like them, and, and they still sound weird. fresh. They're great. They're yeah. absolutely. I love them. And the, my favorite B fifty two song is that song Rome. It's so that is a great, beautiful. Great song. God, it's so well, like the, the weird thing is bring tears had, to my eyes. They that had song. two great periods. Yes, before and, and after yes. the death of and, their and, guitars. I mean, and, and Ricky, God bless Ricky, and and but he wrote all the songs, and then Keith wrote all the songs after that. Yeah. And, so God bless. So do you believe in God? Yeah, I was going to ask you yeah. that actually. Uh, <laughs> you, you totally mean to do it. I was okay. like, okay. Um, do I believe in God? 
No. I like, do not necessarily believe... At this point, don't... the podcast listeners are like, oh, I've, had, I've had enough. Fast forward. We're probably going to do some editing. Um, <laughs> but he loves asking this question, and I don't think I've ever answered it for you. Uh, I believe that there's things bigger than I am, whether it's the universe or whatever. I certainly don't believe in like a, a Western uh, man in the sky kind of whatever. I think I think I think religion has made some great art. It's also it's made some wars yeah, and lots of, lots of death. <laughs> you know, a lot of death. But you know, one of the things that, that I, we did an interview yesterday. But yeah, it's true. The Medici. We did a um the, the Medici's. Oh my god! I mean, the fucking a. You know, you know, all of that stuff was you know. But that gets into like, what does it take to actually get art made? Right, art sponsorship. Pa- and, oh, patronage. Here, this I mentioned this yesterday. We we did an interview with a guy. Mark Levine. And Mark Levine, who is a uh, uh, like he's a professor of history, professor and, of history, and, and, and you yeah, know UC Irvine. Oh, cool! So we were talking about this kind of stuff, and I asked him, you know, about God and, and whatnot. And, and one of the things that I mentioned, just speaking of of like what it takes to get art made, is this book about like uh, Michelangelo being uh, reared by the Medici's, right? Uh-huh. In, yeah. in the, and I love to say this in the Neoplatonic tradition, you know, <laughs> so cool. It makes me sound so smart. That does right? sound smart. <laughs> So he was exposed to the Kabbalah, right? And apparently, in he, he was a sculptor, right? But he was made by Pope, whichever, to, to do the Sistine Chapel. Uh-huh. So I, I found this book in Oxford, right? Where we never played we, all the years. You know, so the, he started as a sculptor, not a painter? Oh, way. The guy, I didn't way, know that. The guy way was my way My history about, is, my, is the, pretty limited. And it was this thing. He liked to sculpt, you know? Uh-huh. But, but these guys, you know, made wanted him to do this fucking, uh, you know, the ceiling of the chapel there. And so uh, he, I, I just found this book where these these Jewish art scholars are talking about how because he was aware of like the, the Kabbalah, Jewish mysticism, and this kind of stuff, he, he he snuck things into the Sistine Chapel. There were all these things that meant ultimately they all meant like fuck you to this pope. Wow, like, really? This like this certain symbol would have her legs crossed in a certain way, which was. Uh, indicative of, of like a certain like a Hebraic letter, oh. which which led to the tradition of this or that, which ultimately meant fuck you to the Pope for making oh. me paint this fucking thing. So, nominally interesting. That so, is interesting. So, so you're gonna go on tour with, with your husband. How, how do you think that'll be? Well, I hope it'll be fun. Um, we're we're gonna go. I mean, I'm excited about getting to play my own bass lines because I've been playing on the record, so that'll be nice. Because you, oh, know, you play other people's bass lines in those uh, other bands. Most of the time, yes, particularly on the hits. But most of the time, I try and honor the songs the way they were written. See, that's why I always get in trouble with my brother. Because right? <laughs> <laughs> like, there's songs I recorded, right? Right. <laughs> and I still, I'm just like. Well, I mean, to yeah. an extent, there's, there's like, I, I feel like there's, depending on the band, there may be period like places where you can kind of jam a little well, you, bit you or you can said, definitely do your own fills you just but said, if you go out and play you know we got the beat and don't go do 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 no one's gonna but like you just that. said you're bigger than all those go-go's though taller i'm not necessarily <laughs> bigger okay <laughs> but i mean belinda and i are about the same height actually <laughs> but i'm there you know they're my bosses so right <laughs> yeah. and that would be part of it and that's one of the things that really i, I dug about like Seeing you, you know, develop into the player, you know, into the professional fucking musician that you did, you know, and 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 something I've always, you know, dug about, like, uh, you know, a lot of the bass players that I dig, is their ability to play the fucking song the way it's supposed to be played. You know what I mean? Right. You know, 
because because I got a I got a little bit of a not to bring me back into it, but what, what the no, hell? We're having you a know, chat. You know, I I got like some of my influences are some pretty spacey fucking players. Uh huh. You know, uh, one of the biggest is Phil Lesh. I the dead. hate his fucking baseball. You know what I mean? <laughs> totally. He's like one of my least favorite baseball players. And, and he's totally one of my favorites. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right? Might explain something. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah, just so invariably. But here's too. one of the things about that guy, though, is he had a background in, in actual like musical theory, but not necessarily of, like knowing where the one is. Like <laughs> that's what I liked about it. That added up to me, right? And you're like, that's what, fuck the one. You know why? like, James Brown, fuck you, dude. You know why? Because mommy didn't love me enough. And you had a lump on your head. I had a big fucking lump on my noodle. And, you know. No, I mean, like, you know, it's to each to each to his own. To I each just, his own. Yeah. But, uh, but damn, the James Brown stuff and all that kind of, you know. You know, and and, uh, and you managed to do that. And I think that's why you've, you know, obviously it's one of the reasons that you've gotten the gigs. But it's yeah. kind of the task at hand, too, you know? I mean, some some artists will say, like, you know, you don't have to play this the way it is on the record, but and but most of them want to hear it the way it is on the record, and most of the audience does, too, you know? I mean, and there are things where, you know, there may be an extended part, or I'm not necessarily going to play every fill exactly the way it is, because it's like, that's really boring. But, but I tar- I'd often... You know, what I tend to do is go in and, like, really kind of memorize the song, and, and then as the experience goes on, then I see where there's places where I can kind of put my own playing into it more. You know, it's, it usually happens on, like, songs that aren't the hits, though. You know, right. people definitely, the audience and the band wants the hits to sound like the hits. The, the composer, you know, I mean, that's a big yeah. part Yeah, but of I mean, like, I write songs, too, so I get that. Like, it's all, I mean, that's kind of how I approach bass playing, though, is more about... Honoring the song, staying out of the way of the singer, you know, trying to just glue things together, and um, but fuck all that though, right? I, I don't know. I, I just I've been doing. I, 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 I think there's a place to fuck the Chris all that. Kirkwood School of Bass Play. But I think fuck there's, all that. But there's a place to fuck all that for sure. You know, I mean, like you know, but, but it just might not be my job. It might not be the place to do that. You know, like that might be like you know my like when I get like you know if we go get fucked up after this and jam in my studio, yeah, fuck that. You know yeah. what I mean? But it just might not happen. Like um, you know, while I'm at work and. <laughs> it's gonna it's not that's no it's not a beautiful cool. thing it's a beautiful fucking I mean, thing I've had moments you know where I'm just like maybe this you know whatever but well I think we're do we do it I, I think we're we done I think we need to wrap it up a little bit here but okay uh, I think we've covered a lot of ground is there any ground we I've been having fun no, just advertise yourself now tell everybody to come to your shows I don't really, I mean, I think my the tour I'm doing is occurring in May, so if you're in, you know, Italy and, I don't know, France in May, come see Far Flung and wherever else they're playing. And uh, I do have a new band, but we're, it's, we're not ready to play yet. I think we're going to be ready in February. Because we didn't talk that quite that much about, like, your stuff. Yeah, I'm not doing my Abbey solo stuff anymore. I just, I got like, to the point where it wasn't fun, so I stopped doing it. I was like, I'm really not enjoying this, so why do I keep doing it? It's making me crazy. So I just, I mean, I made four records. They sound good. I'm happy with them. They do. And I still do, like, the occasional kind of, like, weird cabaret thing. There's this place called Brookledge, which the people from the Magic Castle, it's their kind of mansion in Hancock Park. I know that place. It's rad. And um, so I'll do, 
and a, a bit there like once or twice a year just because it's so fun and it's like Orson Welles used to practice his right. magic act on that stage you and to I, dress up and yeah and I love like old Hollywood ah. history so it's fun for me to you know do do you know it's kind of play dress up and do a concept piece for for that but uh but but the my new band that I've been putting together is just bass and drums and it is the fuck that band Chris so there you'll this that's the place for it. so not when I'm at work playing other people's music but I a actually am have a band that's just me and my friend Chris Nakata on drums where I'm playing using a whole shitload of pedals that no one ever lets me use and doing whatever I want and I don't care if it sounds good and I'm just going to play at my brother's bar and I don't give a shit. I have to. I, so I, it's I, like it's totally like I'm doing it completely for me and I don't care. You know? let me, like, let me, let me just so put I do this, have that too. Let me just put this caveat in there. My, my, my thing, I can't help it. Sure. I can't help it. But it sounds great. You know? I mean, I try my goddamn best. But that's you know? <laughs> why you guys are so great at jamming. You know what I mean? Like, it's that's what I love about the Meat Puppets is that I go see you guys and it doesn't sound like, exactly like it is on the record. You, you know, I mean, you guys should play more of those jam band shows. I was telling Pulowski that. Those people don't like us, though. They but can, if you were they nicer, they might like that's where they, that's <laughs> that. That's where we just That's not. where If you don't tell them to fuck off immediately upon entering yeah, I, the venue. We've always, we've always liked your bin, yeah? Well, we don't like you. They're sensitive enough. Yeah, well, I've got something to say about that. There's, I had a fucking lump on my head. They're sensitive enough. We don't even have to say anything. <laughs> you guys can just send out. They, the, they get it. They're just like, ooh, bad vibes, man. <laughs> so, somebody, somebody light some of that. That, that. What is it? The stuff that smells okay. so good. Well, we, we're gonna. We're gonna <laughs> this is the good part, dude. You're cutting it off with the good. All right, sorry. Well, we, well I'm, I'm worried that we're gonna start saying bad things about people, and we. No, but that was that funny. Out. I thought it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, Abby, thanks so much. Thanks, Chris. I love you. Abby. I love you too. This was great. It was super fun. I'm glad you had a good time, and and uh, and you know, it's a cool strange little thing that we're doing and I really like this I like that you know there's this element after all these years you know that I'm getting to I don't know just talk to different folks and you know just kind of get some stuff now the internet is this thing that you know stuff will be out there to the viewer that will be yeah. out there you know and, and I don't know it's just fun and it's really nice to see you you know it's and, good I, to see and you I'm too. really glad to see you in a really a good place in your life you know it seems like you're Happy and you know, lovingly married, and it's really fucking swell, and I'm really happy for you. Thank you, Chris. Yeah. Back at you. Yay, that's a good ending. All right.
Oh, so long.